Hey, welcome, Sean. Time for another episode of hey, Market Market. <clears throat> all right. Um, stuff. So, <laughs> they all are, and they're getting better every single time, um, which kind of leads into our episode for today. Um, getting better every single time in terms of um, the the shift in your podcast as you grow uh, from trying to pull folks in, uh, rope them into getting on your show and all that kind of stuff through to as you scale and grow and as you've got a certain number of episodes in your book under your belt or whatever, um, it, it definitely changes. The timbre changes at some point and it stops being pull and folks start showing up at your door, whether you want them to or not. Uh, so I'm interested in some insight from you on what that looks like for you. And, and you've been podcasting now across several different platforms uh, for a long time. So I'd love to get some of your thoughts on what that's looked like for you. Yeah, will do. I think the first thing that I often come back to when it comes to podcasting, and this is something we share too, for people that want to work with us at Podcast Chef, is like, if you're not thinking about this as a long-term goal, then just don't. Like, it's not really going to be worth it for you. I, I've developed this, which I think has worked well thus far, as a part of my philosophy and strategy when it comes to pretty much anything marketing-related and gets into that hunting versus farming mentality. Right. One probably gives you instant gratification. The other one probably is going to give you what you really need for like in perpetuity, potentially. So I'm very much more attracted to the farming element, which I think is the interesting component to content marketing. I think podcasting has is actually kind of a good hybrid approach between the two of those, but I think it really falls more into the farming category. But regardless, to get there, right, it takes a while and it can be, it can start to feel like it's um, wearing on you a little bit. I mean, that's a big part of why we like to partner with companies that want to get into podcasting is we reduce that stress and pressure pretty considerably. And we enable you to get all the things that you really need in order to be successful in podcasting without you having to do a lot of the work, which is where it starts to bog down. So the first thing I'd say is it's a long-term thing. Second is if you are committed to it, man, is it going to pay off for you? Like the ROI is just eventually going to be through the roof. Like it has been for us. It's definitely been for me. And you, you know, you're trying to get like anything, right? Incrementally better with it. A little bit, you may not notice major changes yourself. And all of a sudden, basically, it's kind of like going to the gym, trying to get in better shape, right? Trying to eat better or whatever. Like it's going to be incremental changes for you. But over time, other people are going to see what it is you're doing. They'd be like, wow, like you've ever experienced something like that. Have you ever tried to change your diet or start to work out and someone hasn't seen you in a while, they see a major transformation all at once. Uh, but it's just that you may not see that yourself every day, uh, but it's good to keep track of and focus on the progress that you're making. And I think we're, we're thinking of taking this conversation next, which I definitely want your perspective on as well. Um, since, you know, you've taken over managing this show for me, is what does the attention that your show starts to get look like as you stick with it? Because that's the thing. I think people are often expecting to become hugely popular or famous as soon as they start their podcast. I think that's the wrong approach. That's a trap to fall into. Uh, in reality, what you want to do is go deeper into your niche and then be the best of the best, but specifically for your world, right? Be that big fish in that smaller pond. That's that's a much easier way to be much more successful. And then you can eventually become a big fish in a big pond as well too, but that's not going to happen overnight. You just need to be, you just need to set yourself with the right expectations and mentality for that. 
Yeah, I mean, in my experience, um, there, there's a there's a lot of the that conversation is um, messy, right? Because, and I've said it uh, in other episodes of the show, like the podcast you start with and the podcast you get are not the same podcast, right? As a host, your conversation skills evolve, your experience evolves. Um, as a host who's responsible in some capacity for marketing the business, there is a ton of um, conflicting and balancing um, needs and demands that you have to work out. And as you figure those out through the process of just hosting podcasts, um, the mechanics evolve. And those that evolution um, uh starts to get, gather attention as you um, find the the thing that makes your podcast special and unique and amazing. Um, and that thing isn't your ICP. It isn't your, you know, your, your UVP. That's part of it for sure. And you should definitely have one walking in. Uh, but the voice that you get uh, with your podcast, how you approach uh, the in exchanges, what that sounds like, what it looks like, um, attracts people and folks that are looking for more of that voice, more of that, uh, that exchange in the way that those work. Um, since we all learn different and we all grow different, and it's really important to find folks that you can feel comfortable learning and growing from. And so as a podcaster, you find that voice and then folks just start showing up at the door going, Hey, I don't know what it is, but this one, this is working for me. Can I be on your show? Um, and there's a couple different, uh, and and Sean, I think you've got some some insight here as well. There's there's different kinds of um, people that show up at the door, right? There's some folks that are there because they want to be like, man, this is great. I love this. This sounds exactly perfect. And then there's you get the other folks that are showing up and they're car selling, warranty. They're selling vacuum cleaners, right? So, <laughs> so what does that look like, and how can you determine which is which? Because yeah. many times it's awkward. They sound the same. Totally. Yeah. It can be tricky to really figure. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. So I wanted to talk about this topic, especially number one, because it's, it's something kind of exciting to look forward to, right? As you're, like you said, as your audience and your community grows, which is what you should be doing uh, with your podcast and your influence and connecting with more of the folks that you want to, they're finding your content. You're going to start to get more inbound interest in your show, which is great. It's happened to every show that we've been a part of everyone that I've started, everyone that every one of our clients. And the level of quality of the flow in inbound is going to improve as well also, but it can start sketchy. So you have to watch out for some of the traps. I think I've seen it break down largely into three different categories of increasing levels of probably interest from your perspective. I think by far the worst one that you see is there's like the, there's companies out there that just is like, pay me a price and I'll get you booked on whatever podcast. Now, there are some companies out there that are doing this in, in doing this in a more respectable way. Like they're not trying to get uh, marketing gurus booked on shows about auto mechanics or whatever. Uh, but there are some people out there trying to get you booked on literally any podcast. So you might get some inbound that's just like wacky. Like if you got a marketing show like ours, there's a famous chef and they want to be on our show and talk about cooking. And it's like, what? Uh, I don't know how any of that makes any sense, but I pretty much just ignore those or mark those as spam or whatever. So, so watch out for that kind of stuff. That may happen. I, I want to interrupt you just for a second, because I think yep. what I want to understand is 
um, with somebody like that, what happens if you accept them onto the show? Like what's the net negative? Great question. Yeah. I mean, it, it, even if like, let's say it was like a legitimate famous chef or anything like, Oh, that's exciting. Like think of all the different exciting things we could talk about on the show. Like, okay, great. Even if you can record a great piece of content, keep in mind what you're doing this for. Like you're doing this for your audience. Is your audience going to find that a great piece of content and valuable, right? Like you're not recording a podcast about just anything. People that we work with have specific objectives. They have target market buyers. They've got topics that they want to talk about. So if you're not bringing someone on your show who's going to provide value specifically about that, then that's going to frustrate your audience. It's going to stall your momentum. You're going to have subscriber issues. Like it's just going to make it confusing in terms of like what your podcast is and what it's about, right? Like nobody goes, the analogy I typically give is, when you go to the diner, you don't order like a meal you might try to get at a fancy restaurant. Or when you go to the fancy restaurant, you don't try to get chicken and waffles or whatever, right? Like everybody's got their respective area of specialty. And like you go to the diner to get the best chicken and waffles you're ever going to have had or whatever. So like stick with what works. It really matters uh, to maintain that consistency with your show as well. So, and and the other thing that I can tell you is if you accept these kind of the, these first tier inbound uh, guest requests. One thing that's almost guaranteed to happen is their lords are going to ignore every single question you ask, and it's just going to be a commercial the whole time. If you that's want, if if this worked to get them on the show, you think they're going to be any different once they're there? The answer is absolutely not. I've had folks that are completely unresponsive as interviewees, and they're just no, 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 but you know, thirty nine ninety five, you know, eight easy payments, and you're like, oh my god, said it and forget it. That exactly. the infomercial crowd, you got to really watch out for. That. That's a great point, right? Is then the reason why those services exist, and they got all these incentives that are poorly lined up, right? It's like I booked you on the cooking show, Mister, Mrs., Master Mechanic. Great, pay me now, and it's like all of it is just wrong and gross. So you want to make sure you're not aiding in any of that. And you want to make sure that you're not a victim to it either. So you really need to try to best understand the interior motives that people will be reaching out from an inbound perspective have when it comes to joining your show, because it doesn't actually know they're, they're going to follow your rules. Now, what's great about um, podcasting is it's all, for the most part, pre-recorded. So if it winds up being garbage, you can ditch it or just tell them it didn't pass quality control or whatever. And we've done that before, but it's best not to waste your time. There's whatever anyway. So um, try to sniff it out as best you can in the beginning. And that's one of the first places to look is if like it doesn't line up in terms of what you're going for with your show or their background or whatever, then for now, just pass. And that stuff should become less of a problem in the future, because if you stick with podcasting and your show grows in popularity and success and all that kind of stuff, those folks are likely not even going to try to get booked on your show because they're going to know it's right. just going to be that competitive. So um, the next category, if we're ready for go. that, yeah. is to me, is like, you know, and some of those just like service, like you booked anywhere is like one-to-one -one kind of stuff. It's like executive coaches and life coaches and all kinds of whatever people selling the next, whatever branded MLM there is out there, <laughs> whole level marketing, something, right? I'm a business owner. Um, you can usually determine whether or not that stuff like how legitimate that is earlier on. But the next category up, I would say, which you can get some value out of. I'd say the first one, 90% of it's garbage. The second one is probably hit or miss, maybe more like 50-50. And that's companies hiring proper like PR agencies to do something similar for them, but they put a lot more effort into it. 
right? They understand the objective. They've done some homework on the show. They know you as the host and they write something that's a bit more personal, right? It's not random generic, your name spelled wrong and random references to how great your podcast is with no particular reference to a given episode. <laughs> and it's just all generic garbage, right? This is more specific. Like I listened to this episode. I learned a lot from this guest, love the style of your show. I think you're a great host, that type of thing. We have a client that we help, um, you know, uh, share their knowledge in terms of all these things they've accomplished. And we feel like they could have cool stories to tell you, to tell with you, the help of you as the host and valuable for your audience. That can be better, right? That's not always great either because you got PR agencies out there using the sleazeball model as well too, where they're just like booked on any show, right? We just charge more for it. Pass on that. Um, these, it's going to require you to still to have to do your homework and make sure that whoever it is, is trying to get it booked wherever that it actually lines up. Um, sometimes this has worked, sometimes it is not. So I've had both experiences there, but you can get some value from this, from this group. So, and I think it's important in that situation, in that second category to do, um, uh, a little bit of homework, right? This is where you go and you look yeah. at their LinkedIn profile and is the person you're going to have on the show, do they, how do they approach marketing, right? Do they uh, only talk about how great they are or are they sharing the places they have been and talking about that as well? There is a certain amount of reciprocity that comes from being on a show that you're expecting as a, a, a guest and a host. And so if their behavior doesn't demonstrate that reciprocity, that uh, that ability to share, that willingness to give, uh, give sort of other stuff that's not just them to the community, um, then that might be an indicator that they're in that 50% that's probably not a good fit. Um, and, and you'll see it, right? They're only selling the same stuff over and over again. They're always, you know, propping the same part of their business. They're never talking about um, other folks that are doing it right or doing it well. And I, I think that's a good way to start the research to give you just a little bit of discernment there. Um, do you have a comment on that before getting to the third type? There was one other thing based on you sharing that, which I'm glad you did. It reminded me of something else I wanted to say about podcasting in general is people are people are now a lot more aware of people using a podcast just to sell whatever. So you got to watch out for that as well, right? That's not That's not the objective here. Right. And the way that I like to describe this in terms of what your objective really should be, it really should be focused on the podcast. Like first and foremost, you need to be focused on creating a great podcast, producing great content. That's the objective, right? And you can do that while effectively, really strategically, efficiently, effectively networking and building great relationships. So it's about building relationships. It's about networking. It's about building a community, which is why if you remove the you know, pay to play elements and you, you remove the going directly into demos and trying to sell people crap or whatever, that's going to make for a much better experience. Um, so people are aware of that. And I don't encourage anyone to leverage a podcast in that way, right? Like we get, some of our clients get, they get a lot of ROI from business relationships, from having a podcast, but not in that way, man. Like it's don't- not, you, you mean it's not QVC? It. <laughs> oh my God, so bad. It's like, if you think this stuff was obvious, but People can take advantage of almost anything. It's unfortunate. So stay away from that. And instead, follow the principle that I like to call like being in it for the love of the game. Like if you're not in this because you love doing it, don't do it either, man. Like just just know. Like it's not, it's not going to work out in your favor. You're going to think that it'll work out and it might occasionally, but you're just going to piss a bunch of people off and eventually it's just going to soil or ruin your reputation. So that's the that's the comment I'd make on that one. 
not only that, but um, and and this speaks to some of what we spoke about earlier. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to suffer the adversity of episode 32, where you're just like tired of it for a little while. You sure. come and go with any of this stuff, right? It's like like you said, it's it's got a kind of gym membership kind of vibe, right? And you can't just do it once. It's not going to solve the problem. And at the same time, there's days when you don't feel like it. And you've got to get through them. And the only thing that's going to carry you through that stuff is that love of the game. So about the third category. Yes. The uh, So the one that I prefer the most, and this is, and your, your experience is likely to evolve in this way too, where you'll get, you'll go through the wave of the first category and then more of the second category. And then hopefully you'll eventually make it to this third category, which is people representing people that would be excellent guests or the individual themselves from specific companies will reach directly out to you as in, you know, CEOs and executives of whatever it is your show is all about, right? I have one on B2B SaaS product businesses. So I've gotten and still get now founders of those businesses that match the profile for the stories that we tell on the show reaching directly out. And it's either them or it's somebody on their team, right? Somebody who works for them directly. That is different story, different level of involvement and investment. Those story, those emails are the most personal. Um, they do a great, they provide you with everything you need. They're complimentary. They, they have, they demonstrate in those emails, the fact that like, they know a lot about your podcast. They may have been listening. They're probably subscribers or whatever. And that's usually the strongest fit, right? Because, and they get it right away. They're like, listen to all these stories, love them. We love an opportunity to tell ours. You let us know what you think kind of thing. They're deferring to you, uh, as you know, the gatekeeper, the host, the authority, all that kind of stuff. All of that's good stuff. Um, and there's one other thing that I think it's worth mentioning on that one. Um, if I'm reading your mind, you're probably already about to mention it, but there's a little bit of a Trojan horse that you can find here sometimes in that sometimes it will come from the same email domain, whoever's reaching out for you, representing what looks to be that, but it might actually be from a PR agency. Now that one can go either way. So uh, if you find someone is reaching out from their email, but the person actually works for a different company, that company's a PR agency. Again, what really matters is like their principles, they're, they're doing this the right way, right? All the characteristics match what I mentioned for that all important third category. And as, as your show starts to essentially kind of make it, uh, you know, the show's going well, getting better, producing great content, subscriber growth is growing, you're sticking with it, all that kind of stuff. You're going to get um, more of that third category. And it's going to be from more and more impressive guests, like folks you think you never would have had access to, but you do now because you made this investment in your podcast. And I get people reaching out to me when I'm like, I could have, I've, I'm a rather like effective networker, I think, in terms of like the things that I'm good at. And I have been connected with people through my podcast that I would have never been able to network my way to in like a million lifetimes. So uh, I have only the podcast to really credit and thank for that. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest, like one of the biggest discoveries that you go through as either the host or as somebody who starts a podcast. And um, we've had plenty of folks on the show that have had a kind of a similar reflection. And that is, um, you you have no idea how, what doors this opens, what connections you can make with this. Um, and really the sky's the limit, right? The strength of your ambition here in terms of who you want to talk to and have on the show, um, you know, go in, get get a dozen, get two dozen, get three dozen episodes under your belt, and then start shooting for um, that that vertical network expansion. 
you know, we talk about a horizontal network expansion, getting a breadth of folks on their shows and getting a breadth of folks in your network. But that vertical network expansion that comes as you earn it through the work that you do. And that third tier is almost always going to represent meaningful vertical network expansion. Um, so it's, I, th I think it's, I think it's really important to kind of, um, again, you've got to, I would say do your time because it's not like that. It's not like there's, there's somebody out there going, well, you know, you've only been a doctor for a year, so you can't play here. Um, this is very much more, you need to find that voice. And so we'll talk about that in subsequent episodes as well, because I think it's really important to understand how you know you've gotten there. Um, so let's leave that as a teaser for one of our next conversations. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.